Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Headphone Joe, fresh out the blue tent on the mend. And I'm here with my co host, as always. What's up, everybody? Brennan Tassif coming to you live. My voice kind of sounds like shit, too. I don't know how that is affected by the basketball I played yesterday. Um, yeah, you balled out of control. Better. You're sore. Let's oh go. My gosh. Whatever game I played, and I'm paying for it today. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, we're going to get into some of the big topics here in the kickoff. Um, NBA, NHL, some MLB stuff happened. Um, and then we're going to get into the quick hits. Uh, Brendan, I believe you have no walk-off. I do not either. No. Um, I'm fully focused on the NBA as of right now, NBA and NHL right now. So without wasting any more time. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Oh, here we go. Game one. I was a, I was a Nostradamus, as they call yeah. it. Believe you had this. Believe I had that. Uh, Brad, what were your thoughts in game one? Uh, when, so this is weird. This is the fun thing about sports, but I was shocked at the threes that were falling for Boston. Um, I was definitely surprised about that. Uh, the defense played well, um, all things considered against golden state. But I, um, honestly was, I was flabbergasted because as I said before last week, I was like, you know, Boston's got a great defense, but Golden State's got too much offense. Here we go. And then all of a sudden, Boston, I mean, they must have heard the podcast because they just started shooting the lights out. Uh, And I thought, uh uh-oh, this is going to be a long series because this was at Golden State. So this was, you know, and they play better on the road. Um, I mean, their home road splits during the playoffs. They're they're, uh, five and four at home. uh, And they've, you know, Obviously, one won more like road games. On the road. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I you saw it coming. I was still stuck in this weird old school, like 2015, 16, 17 mindset of um, the Warriors. Yeah, and a lot of people are, and I think that's yeah, why yeah. a lot of people didn't foresee that. And the more, and this is not to discredit the Warriors whatsoever. I mean, they're champions battle tested and whatnot but i think this team as presently constructed is a bit of fool's gold for a few reasons everyone talks about the experience they have the experience is really from three guys in igadawa that's pretty much it you got steph clay draymond draymond is not the same player he once was clay is not the same player he once was steph is the only person close to that and when they were at their peak power, they only won one final without Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's true. And that one final was against Matthew Delvadova, Timofey Mozgov, and all-world LeBron James. But outside of that, the next final they played against them, they lost. Yep, and then they got and then KD. they got Kevin Durant. So... My whole thing going into the series was Clay is a shell of himself. Jordan Poole, I don't think would, I don't think them two will have great games at the same time, if not good games at the same time. Wiggins may get his normal twenty-two to eighteen points, 
But after that, Steph is a man on an island. Yeah. So if if Boston could just limit everybody else, which they did in that game, Wiggins had 20, Clay had 15, Jordan Poole had nine. The one that was crazy was Otto Porter had like four for four from three. Um, Draymond had four points. Draymond shot 12 shots. No one cared to defend him on his fucking set shot because he's more likely to miss than make. So I was not stunned by Golden State's performance. I was stunned by how many threes Boston made and how bad Tatum played in that first game. But I felt like that played into my hand because Tatum was going to, everybody kept saying, oh, Horford's not going to have this game. Derek White's not going to have this game. Okay, but Tatum's not going to have that game again. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is Horford went six of eight um, from three he in went game bananas. one. And then Derek White, who everyone was saying, like, they need Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's got to come back from the injury earlier in the playoffs. Like, they can't win without him. And then Derek White was like, hold my beer. Played 32 <laughs> minutes. Five of eight from three. Uh, ended up being 100% from the free throw line and ended the game with 21 points. So that was... That kind of came out of left field. A couple things with the Warriors. Um, Iggy in game one. Don't know why he was in there. Yeah, seems like, and we'll talk about it more with game two, but it seemed like a, a liability. Also, when they have Looney and Draymond in there, their defense, I think, is underrated because we focus so much on this. This is good. Yeah, I think I've, I, I should speak for me, especially because last week going into this, I thought this was going to be an issue was the defense. And I focus so much on the shooting and can Clay come back? And everyone knows Clay eventually is going to have one of those games like he did in game six in the series before and game five mm-hmm. in the series before that, where it's like, all right, he's back. Flip flop. Okay. And, but um, it's one of those things where when they had Looney and Draymond out there, their defense seemed just as stout, if not better than the Celtics. No, the, uh, they are the number two ranked defense, blah, 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 blah. Um, their defense is good. The problem is when they have also when they have that lineup, you have one threat at scoring, and that's Steph Curry. That's yep. my whole thing. You really there's only one person on the Warriors I expect to show up for all potentially seven games. Outside of that, it's a crapshoot with everyone else. Everyone else is really up to chance, and not because they're not good. Because Boston's going to play that type of defense where they're not going to get the same looks they got against Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to get looks like this is the case study for this series is the Grizzlies series. Like, go back and look at the shooting numbers they had, how close and how tight those games were with Ja and without Ja. They had that one 142 explosion game, and everybody's like, oh, they're they're good again. But They're after back. that, they had two games where the Grizzlies won one and then should have won one. And look at the shooting performance for performances from Poole and Clay Thompson. And if they're limited, any team is going to stick with them because Clay can only, I mean, Steph can only do so much alone. He needs a second running mate. And if no one's going to consistently be that because they're getting pressured, because closeouts are happening, because their decision making is a little faltered, then Steph is going to be in for a long series by himself. Absolutely. I found this interesting in game one, too, was uh, as much as we talk about Steph and Steph is the only person who still looks like offensively his old self. Clay Thompson actually played the most minutes in game one. 
Did he? Which was surprising to me. That was shocking. I didn't notice that. Yeah, Clay at 39. The next person uh, with the most minutes is Steph at 38. And oh, that's a rotation thing. <clears throat> no, but you know what I'm saying? Like, they're keeping. My point is that Clay is coming back from two horrific injuries and they're keeping yeah. him out on the floor as they they're would trying before. trying to give him some more minutes to try to fit, find Get his back rhythm. into the field. Yeah. Yeah. So you had it. You were right. I had it. I had it. And then I didn't. On to game two. I believe I had this. <laughs> I believe you didn't, though. No, I, I did a, not. I got a thing with game two. I got a thing with game two. Uh, this is what a nineteen-point game. Yeah. So game two, Warriors they win one hundred seven eighty-eight. They did not. Okay, so you have the third quarter, which they obviously exploded. Exploded. That's where the game was won. After that, the fourth quarter, nobody cared. This was a one-point game at half. Yeah. If the Celtics, the Celtics are a very annoying team to watch now and root for, as I am, because I've got so many people with pitchforks at my back because I said the Celtics would win this series, and I dare to question the loving flowing ball movement of the Warriors, even though now they've just gone to a high pick and roll with Steph Curry and Draymond Green. And that's what they keep doing. And all this ball movement, fantasy, Steve Kerr nonsense is pretty much out the window. Um, The Celtics, they just come out flat in the third. I don't know what's happening in that locker room. Yeah. And this is not the, like you said, this is not the first time this has happened. The Celtics had a nine 16 lead. Um, and then Draymond had that foul where everyone thought like, uh oh. So Draymond didn't statistically wasn't didn't show out in this game, but no, but he, his energy and intensity. He should have been ejected from this game and not for the one that people thought. People yeah, thought yep, I, it was Jalen Brown when the kick and the push, blah 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 blah. Yeah, they got no. all tangled up. I ejected him way earlier than that. <laughs> and the thing is. The play ended up in a res, uh, in a in a in the result of the play was a foul on the defender, but it was a couple. It was a I think it was in the second quarter. Draymond Draymond turned into Aaron Donald, who we'll talk about later. He fucking went under Grant Williams and drove him into the ground. Yep. And I was like, how is that a defensive foul? That that's not a basketball move whatsoever. That's a technical. That's a flagrant at least. Yeah, it was. He was playing out of his mind, and uh, and not in a he good was sense. Unhinged. Like, and yeah, exactly. I got it when Jeff Van Gundy was like, "Oh, you can't give the double check." I was like, "Yeah," but at some point, you gotta check, you gotta check him. But it's Draymond can't just Green. They're hurting people potentially. Yeah, he gets texts all the time. That's kind of his thing. Like so, he's playing. Uh, he's playing like a man possessed. No, he's playing like a man unhinged. Yeah, like, you he, gotta just throw him out of here. <laughs> and this is an interesting point that you bring up with the third quarter thing. So uh, Steph was one of five from three going into the third quarter and then kind of went off in a flurry, ended up with uh, 29 points overall. But Iggy doesn't play in this game. Gary Payton comes back from that uh, fractured elbow and he didn't just like come back like, oh, we're going to see how he like he played 25 minutes. He was yeah. three of three um, for his field goals. Uh, and I think that made a big difference because Gary Payton, 
we talked about before this series during the playoffs. Oh my gosh, he was the one ref of- were calling. Uh, sorry, cut you off, but the ref were calling some bullshit. That foul that Jalen Brown had on him when he was driving to the lane was not oh, a foul. Yeah. What's up? I noticed because they then showed the replay of the um, Dylan Brooks foul on uh, Gary Payne. He has a weird layup where he kicks his legs back. Yeah, do you think he does that on purpose? I don't know, but that was the only contact with Jalen Brown. He kind of kicked his leg back, and Jalen Brown, who was pursuing him, stopped, but his legs hit him, and therefore he kind of, he his body then fell, and that was a foul. I was like, it's not a foul. Yeah, it's the old hard move from three where you kind of like fall into the person as you're shooting it and then hope you get like, the call. I was like, calling this. I mean, it was very, uh, if we want to get to conspiracy theory land where I know you like to live sometime in the NBA, like a day or a day and a half before this game, Draymond randomly went on Twitter and was like, Adam Silver is the best commissioner. He's not He's not just the best commissioner. He's the best CEO in America. The NBA is like da-da-da-da-da. And Adam Silver's great. And then like people in the comments are like, oh, he's already angling for calls next game. <laughs> and then you see the foul disparity and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, well, it's interesting you bring that up because Bill Burr had a really funny bit where he's talking about how the NBA is basically fixed, that they're going to want to go to a game seven because a game seven is how they make the most money. But I also found it interesting that Tony brothers, who's the uh, ref in this game was calling it loose. And then all of a sudden they were calling it tight and then they were calling it loose and then super tight. It was again. So inconsistent, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely noticed that. Uh, I don't know if it's one of those things where, Because Gary Payton, good for him. He's worked his ass off to get to where he is. He's 29 years old and he's finally coming out of his shell. Gary Payton Jr. that is. But uh, I don't know if that too late. (laughs) I don't know if that was the um, the difference maker. That's not the difference maker. Yeah. In the sense that, you know what I mean? Like in the sense of you look at the final score, you think, oh, they got Gary Payton Jr. back. It's like, "Mm," I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. No, the difference maker was. So in the last game where Tatum, to me, this was the difference maker. And I think, I still think I'm firm that Boston will win this series Um, because they only needed to clean up a few things. And in the third quarter, they only need to clean up a few things going forward. They just need to come out ready to play. (laughs) They need one, they need to come out ready to play, but they, they are falling in love with the golden state, quote unquote, golden state basketball of the extra pass. So in the first game, they got, Golden State completely out of their rotations with the, with the passing. So by the time they made that last pass, somebody was dead open. In this game, Golden State stayed home more. So when they tried to make that first pass to make the extra pass, Golden State was playing the passing lanes. And they ended up getting 18 turnovers. So that was really the difference. They kept trying to make the extra pass, and it was not the smart play at that point, and it just led to turnover after turnover after turnover. In this series, in the first two games, they only have 14 shot attempts at the basket. Instead of making that extra pass, they need to just drive to the hole, get fouled, go to the line, and put pressure on the refs to call fouls on Golden State. They're settling for too many shots. They're settling for far too many shots. Jason Tatum too many times has Clay Thompson or not, not Clay, but um, Jordan Poole or Steph on his back and he's doing a turnaround jumper. It's like turn around and go to the basket. 
put a shoulder, put an elbow in his chest, make him feel you. So I think those are the two things they can clean up. And this game, this game was way closer than it ended up being. And and really the 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 exclamation point was that Jordan Poole shot at yeah, the end. That's what I was gonna which say. Took the top off the roof. But if again, if you looked at the the breakdown numbers wise. Andrew Wiggins went from 20 to 11. Kevin Kevon Looney had 12 points in this game, but Clay had 11. Poole had 17. And going into the second half, Poole was like one of five for the game. And he kind of had a good third quarter and then was playing garbage minutes in the fourth. Like, this team is so beatable if Boston plays with a level head. Well, especially because um, I heard Rosillo talking about this, but Golden State, like, I know we've talked about some of Boston's trouble with uh, turnovers and hanging on to the ball and how Jalen Brown doesn't look oh. like he knows how to dribble sometimes. Golden State is one of the most careless teams. Yep. Golden State has is in the top, I think, seven in turnovers for the last, like, ten seasons. Yeah, no. They get they get cutesy. And, I mean, go back to the finals they lost against Cleveland. Um, I think it's game seven. Steph is doing a cutesy behind-the-back dribble and dribbles it out. Like, they and get, we've... They get cute yeah. at the weird times. We just don't we've, remember. It, I was going to say, we've talked about this a million times before, whether it's Kansas City Chiefs when it comes to the NFL or Golden State Great when it comes cock. to basketball. Thank you. Where it's, it's oh, they're bored or, oh, they're just trying to have fun. And it's like, yeah, but there's, at what point is it like, that's not, like you said, game seven. He's like, bleh, 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 and it's like, wait, wait a second, dude. It's like time and place, man. That's cool for like game 22 of the regular season. Yeah. You might want to just dribble and get to your spot and then be fine. Yeah, or game three of a series when you're up 2-0. But when you're playing in the finals and it's close, especially in that case, it's a game seven. And then I'm sure we'll see some other stuff happen in the series moving forward. But I don't know. It's This has been kind of the motif of the playoffs where – one team wins and you're like, oh, they're unstoppable. Like, look at that defense. Look at they're making shots. And then literally the next game, you're like, they lost by 20. Like, what the fuck is going on? Well, I mean, that goes back to, you know, what I was saying and what I think we agreed upon going into the postseason. Like, there's there's very thin margins between, like, the top eight teams, uh, four from the East, four from the West. Yeah. And that is how you can see one game where one team looks like a world beater. And then the next game, the other team looks like a world beater because the game prior Boston won by 12. And it, that was because of a lot of garbage time minutes. That game was like a 20 point game in actuality. Um, but for the first halves of these games, they're super close. And even in the second half of this game, in the third quarter, Boston had cut a 15 point lead to nine, but then they played dumb. I was yeah. say Golden State went down, missed a three, and then instead of setting up, Marcus Smart just came down, jacked up yeah, a three. Yeah, I, I thought that's what you were talking they about. Swing it back to Clay. Clay hits a three. Okay, top is back off the roof because if Clay, that's the crazy thing. Like Golden State, so you have Steph Curry, who's he's going to make his shots, but when Clay makes his shots, it's different for that arena now. Yeah, especially now. It's so different for that arena. And that is just like a huge momentum swing. So they got to kind of nip those in the bud immediately. And actually, I don't even think I don't even think Clay hit the shot on the Clay hit the shot first one. And then they came. Boston went back down, missed another three or it had another turnover. And then came Poole back made down. It. 
No, no. Otto Porter made a shot. Oh, was it? Otto oh, okay. Porter made that deep corner three. And it was like, okay, now this is back to a 12-point game and you're trudging uphill. Yeah. So they just got to play smarter. And it's and I was talking to one of my coworkers yesterday. Shout out to Kendall. I was like, this is going to be... Out. It's going to be a game of runs completely, but it's not even who has the most runs. It's when you have the runs. It's whoever has the last run. It, not even who has the last one, because I say that because I could be beating you by 20 and then you have a seven point run to finish the yeah, game. Yeah, no, that's true. But who has, who has the timed run where it's like, okay, Golden State just, because that's what Boston did in that fourth quarter in the game one where Golden State closed out the third quarter with like a 7-0 run, but then Boston had like a 15-0 run at the start of the fourth, and that completely swung the game the other way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see where the series goes, only because... So this is exactly what we talked about in that uh, Phoenix game. That game seven was... Remember, I, I brought this up. I was like, yeah, they're going to go on a run. They're going to go on a run. And then they never went on the run. And it's it's weird because in the moment during that game, I was convinced that they would go on a run and Chris Paul would get everybody going. And hindsight now you're like, oh, well, you know, the team was older or maybe they just didn't you know, have it that night or whatever you want to say. But then we watched these finals and you're like, yeah, Everyone's going on runs constantly. It's just a yeah. game of runs. And we saw in the um in the uh conference uh finals as well. And so it's yeah. it's crazy to me because that's the that's the expectation is the run like you said. And it really just depends on when you when you go on it. Yeah. Like you've already pointed I, out I think Golden State strategically so in game 1 you had Steph Steph on his run in in quarter 1. Yeah. Like you said, he didn't really go off until quarter three this time. Mm. He knew to reserve himself because, hey, I expected way too much energy in that first. So by the time he got to the fourth, the last game, his shots were a little shorter. They were closing out harder. So he was coming up for just meaningless twos. Yeah. So this game, it was like, hey, let's reserve that tank for the third quarter and have you explode then. I do find it fascinating that as you just described in these finals, the first half doesn't matter at all because all these games, not only in the uh, finals themselves, but in the conference finals, a lot of these games have been super close in the first half. And then yeah. a team goes like we've How already you come talked out about in that second half, man. Yeah. <laughs> team goes on a run. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. This doesn't make any fucking sense. Boston was leading this whole game and it wasn't by a lot, but like they were in but charge. I, it seemed like, I and then all of a sudden it just like- blinked out of existence. I do feel like the first half is crucial because it shows you that, especially these two finals games, it shows you that the margin is so thin. So thin. So thin. In the first game, the Warriors were up four at the half. In this, oh, I think at the end of the first quarter, Boston was up two at the half. In this game, Boston's down one at the half. Like These teams are right there. For as much as people were saying Warriors and five and shit, these teams are neck and neck, and it yeah. depends how they come out in that second half. So, uh, so what do, what do you got going forward? What do you see? I'm sticking with my pick. Um, 
I think it's a seven game series. And I hate calling that because if you say a seven game series, normally you mean I don't feel very strongly about my pick. Uh, but I do. Mean, like, I mean, after watching Boston and seven, <laughs> after watching these first two games, I mean, I said Golden State. I, I'm going to stick with Golden State, but I'm incredibly nervous because if Boston can get some more shots to fall like they did in game one this like you said this series is neck and neck like there's it's a coin flip so we'll see but i'm sticking with golden state well after these first two games i'm actually gonna modify my Uh-oh. uh want to modify my my pick on this boston six wow only because if they're gonna win it they are not closing this out in golden state you don't think so they're not closing this out in Golden State because if they go to a game seven in Golden State. One Steph Curry three. That building is never going to sit down again. Yeah, but I mean, they won a game seven in Miami. Isn't that comparable? <laughs> uh, I mean, actually, I'd say there's more diehard Miami fans there than there are in San Francisco. Yeah, that's um, true. That's not even at they're Oracle in Oakland. Anymore. It would be a little. It, it, yeah. There'll be no chance. Uh but they got a chance in San Francisco at the fucking Chase Center with their luxury lounges and all that nonsense. Side note, with all these new stadiums coming up, I heard this uh, little thing on uh, Balmer. Apparently, the way he's designing the new Clipper Stadium is on one side of it, there's not going to be any suites. So like in uh, Seattle, the Seahawks, where they play, the sound can like bounce off the wall and come back mm. to them. He's trying to make it like a super loud basketball stadium. Well, which I'm interested just talking about home court advantage. I'm interested to see if that if that works out that he's so rich. He's like, fuck this sweet revenue. I wanted this to be a hard place to play in. Yeah. You want to add a home court advantage, especially for a team that's sharing a city. So, yeah, absolutely. So I'm sticking with Golden State on this, but I'm not confident. So I'm saying in seven and you got Boston in six. I got Boston in six. I I can Boston in six. I'm seeing. There, the 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 ideas, and it's all right in front of them. They just have to be smart enough and hungry enough to want it. Because in both these games, they've held the Warriors under one ten. Yeah, and I think the Warriors live at about one ten plus. They've held them in check both games. They just have to place. They gotta have less turnovers. And they got to go to the basket. That's the two yeah, things they need that's to the adjust. Most important thing. Stop yeah. settling for shots. And that's what I was going to say. The one thing that I think hasn't been talked about enough, and I don't know how this hasn't been talked about enough. They, your goal on the road is to still one game of a series. So they did what they had to do. They got game one. They've been on the road in theory for like a week. Oh, yeah. They played game seven in seven Miami. in Miami, yeah. And then had to turn around and play two games in Golden State that the NBA spread out way differently than I'm used to because I thought Thursday, Saturday, they did Thursday, Sunday. So they had to eat an extra day in Golden State. Yeah, so in the conference championships, they were in the conference finals, they were doing every other day. And then when they moved to the finals, they were doing two days in between. So it's definitely, they haven't slept in their own bed in a while. That's what I'm saying. So it was, I think, a lot of that third quarter in the second game. In the first game, they were just shell-shocked. I think in the second game, that was fatigue, not being home, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And just 
they just lost Eating their too minds. much McDonald's on the road, man. Yeah. Getting too much beers with Luca at, you know, some restaurant beachside. <laughs> Bayside? Bayside. Let's do thing. <laughs> All right, Brandon. The NHL playoffs. Yes. Do you want me to talk about this since you don't have a dog in the fight anymore? Uh, I don't have a dog Ow. in the fight, but I have a dog in the fight. I'm rooting for the Vezna Trophy potential winner, Igor Shosturkin. Um, And he currently has a 2-1 lead on your Tampa Bay Lightning. You go ahead, though. Yeah, I was lucky enough to see this game. Uh, I was at work and uh, the the something happened where I ended up behind the bar for a little while. Uh, and it was during the third period of this game. And there was a couple of Rangers. Three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. There was a couple of, of Rangers fans there. Three. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, we lost the first two games. It was abysmal. Vasilevsky Vesco- was wasn't even giving up that many goals. It's just we could not produce any offense. Well, and it was- That first game, he gave up a lot of goals. <laughs> he gave up like six goals. Was it six? I thought it was four. Uh, no, it was six goals. He gave a goal like a minute in. I was like, how could the Panthers not do this? I know. Got well, it's like we talked about the Panthers were relying on that, like, oh, you guys score as much as you want. We're gonna try to outscore you, which did not work out. But I um so the game three is what I want to focus on because that was the most recent game and that was the game that we won. Uh, I was really worried though. I'm gonna be honest with you. The the Rangers came out of a game seven, Tampa Bay comes out of a sweep, and I'm like, oh bet, we're gonna win at least the first two. Like there's they're tired. There's no way. And then the Rangers put it on them. And then I was starting to get nervous because I was like, oh boy, uh, if we swept the Ice Cats and then get swept by the Rangers, I will never hear the end of it from Mr. Joe Dorville. And then I joke about it all the time. The line from Mighty Ducks, it only, you know, how long does it take to score a goal? Less than a second. And that was never truer than in this game. So it's nil nil, like almost the whole game. Hey. And then all of a sudden the Rangers put two on them in the third period. And you're thinking like, so by the Second time period. the third, yeah, but by the time I meant to say, by the time the third period is like halfway over, you're like, Oh God, like what's going to happen. And then Tampa Bay, Scores back-to-back goals. And you're thinking, here we go. Now it's a game. And I was lucky enough, like I said, to be watching the end of this game behind the bar. I had a couple of guests that we were all focused on the game. There's comes It ticks down to a minute. And I'm like, all right, here we go. We're going to go to overtime. And then, bam, 41 seconds left. Tampa Bay scores. Unbelievable. And I started jumping up and down. My guests didn't like that very much because they were Rangers fans. And uh, yeah, and then we just held it out. So I found it. The thing that I found really interesting in this game was, I don't know if you had the chance to watch it, but there were a lot of four on threes, four on fours, power plays. Yeah, it was it was very chippy. But it like nothing was getting produced out of those plays. It seemed like when everyone, I mean, I I got to get it on this, but it seemed like when the goals were scored, it's when it was five on, like when everybody was on the ice. So, um, yeah, it was a very chippy game. I'm very um, excited for Game Four. Uh, I think Tampa Bay takes this in six. I, I think they had a rough start. And there's ten shorthanded goals or power. All the goals were power plays, Brendan. That's what I said. <laughs> I said there's a lot of power. <laughs> Really? The first four I, goals were all power plays. Given I was working at the time, but every time I looked up, it seemed like it was like, th- like I remember at one point it was three on four, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? But no goals came out of that. So I was just like, wow. 
<laughs> I'm so happy. Exactly. What I, I was wanted. at work was like, trying to watch the game at the same this. time. Right. I was like, I'm going to click on this. And I hope. So what I meant to say was there was play. all shorthanded <laughs> goals. That's what I said. Right. We can edit that out. Uh, <laughs> so flip flop it. You know, how I was talking about all the power plays earlier. Yeah. They were oh, all shorthanded man. goals. Um, so they're all power I'm, play goals. Yeah. I uh, think uh, Tampa Bay wins the next three in a row and takes it in six. Wow. Um, I got this being the only one the Rangers drop and the, the Vezina Trophy uh, goalie holds on uh, and Rangers bring it back to New York. They get Madison Square Garden rocking for game five and they just end it right there. All right. We'll see what happens. Talk All about right. your Colorado avalanche. Oh. My Colorado Ice Avalanche. Um, what did I do there? Huh? What? Uh, yeah, they closed it out. Four games. Edmonton, see you later. Um, Drysdale and, and Connor McDavid tried to do all that they could. They went up in this game big. 4-2. It was 4. Yeah, 4-2. And then 5 unanswered by Colorado. Um, McKinnon getting in there. And then Edmonton tied it up relatively late. Went into overtime. It was a. I'm texting back and forth with Greg. It was wicked. And then uh, about a minute in, they ended up early. Uh, and I got I got some really good sound from it, Brennan. Actually, uh, if you were watching, you would have heard this. I don't think you got a chance to because you were still cowering uh, that you're in New York and you know the Rangers doing their thing. But I was watching it live, and I, I saw this come across the wire. That has to be above the shoulder. Oh, park on the stick. Shoulder. Holy shit! That was a yeah. There was a so on the on the final goal. It was, they were looking at it right after to see if it was a high stick because the offensive player brought his stick up a little high and then it dropped down. There was a rebound situation, but uh, yeah, the, the the announcers were they were taken aback. Holy shit! That holy shit! Live on TNT, such a great moment. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. It's always good when something happens that slips through the cracks like that because the Live. announcers or whatever are just like, well, and they're like, professionalism is out the window. Like, did you guys see that? Yeah, like, oh snap! Did you? Did, are we all seeing the same thing here? <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, Brennan, MLB it never ends. Literally. Never ends. Ever, uh, ever, ever, ever. We talked about Aaron Judge earlier in the season and if he should get that deal, if he would get that deal. And since then, he has been on quite the tear, Brennan. I believe he's leading the league in homers right now with about 20, 21. 21. He had 21 the other day. Um, Jordan Alvarez got paid. Nice little chunk of change the other day. Do you think it's time for the... Yankees to go back to the table and pony up the money for Aaron Judge. Yeah, I mean they're they're gonna do it. I would assume because they're the Yankees and Aaron Judge is Yankees right now. But uh, how old is Aaron Judge? Thirty one, thirty two, thirty. Okay. See, I find this. He was this a is later, something later rookie. One of those like twenty five year old rookies. Yeah, and this is something I find insane with baseball because. And a lot of other sports, by the time you're 30, like we talked about with Gary Payton, that he's 29 and peaked too late. And in a lot of other sports, it's funny because you're like, oh, you know, what are you going to do? You can't sign him to a long term deal. Baseball, 
Like people are just getting revved up by 30. So I think they have to pay him. Because, yeah, 24, 25, what's the difference? But uh, I think they have to pay him because in baseball, journalistic integrity. He can play another 10 years, no problem, or at least another eight. He's probably got another five or six at this kind of a level. So, yeah, I think they absolutely need to pay him. I think they will pay him. There's no more A-Rod. There's no more Jeter. There's no more Teixeira. Like, you, you got to have somebody to sell tickets. <laughs> Throwing Teixeira in that mix is wild. <laughs> um, he had, like, <laughs> 10 golden gloves. Uh, Marky's fine. I'm just saying you had Posada, you had you could have went Mariano. Somebody else. Ah, you Mariano. Could I was I was literally in my head. I was like, "Fuck, where's another?" <laughs> like, man, that was that was wild. I remember um, when the share thing happened. It was kind of a big deal, and then he kind of fell off a cliff when he got to New York. But that signing was huge because he is coming off like a bunch of All Star performances and stuff. No, well, that's how the big bad empire operated. But um, yeah, no, they they gotta pay him. They gotta pony up. Uh, he's having probably one of his best seasons right now. Uh, he has his highest batting average. Uh, his OPS is damn near at four. Um, he's number one in OPS. That's uh, on base plus slugging. He's slugging the hell out of the ball. He has forty four, uh, forty two extra uh, not extra base. He has forty two. Um, fuck is in the RBIs. He has. 134 extra base hits, which at this part of the game is pretty incredible. Um, so yeah, they got a pony up the money and give it to him. Uh, I don't know what deal they came to initially, but they better throw a couple more dollar signs on that, a couple more commas into that, uh, and give him basically whatever he's asking for because he's the he's he's not the best player on their team, even though he's performing the best, but. He is the thing that makes that offense move. Like he is the straw that stirs category. the drinks. Yeah, leading every category. Like you're paying Stan an exorbitant amount of money, and he's not even near the production that Judge has. Judge has ten more homers than him. Like Stan, we knew Stanton was going to falter at some point. He's probably having. He's having one of his best. Hitting years, but not one of his best slugging years, which is tough to say. And because you sign him to slug, you sign him to hit balls hard and long. Hey, hey, all right, Brendan. Uh, and another bit of news we talked about it last week. Should Joe Girardi be on the hot seat? And I think the D- Dave Dombrowski of the Phillies, I think he listened to the show because yeah. right after I was- that. He was gone. He was gone. It was funny because I couldn't remember where I landed because I remember going back and forth on the take being like, well, I mean, I guess they could fire him, but he's got all this like clout and he has all this experience and he's got all this rep, this big reputation. So I was like, I don't think they're going to fire him. But then I was like, yeah, but the Phillies paid a lot of money for this roster. So I think I landed on they needed to get rid of him. So I believe I had this. I can't remember either, but I believe I had that. I felt like you got to get a new voice in there. You got to get. I think a we new... ended up agreeing on it by the yeah, end of I the talk. I think we ended up agreeing on he got to get out because too much money is being paid to a roster. And some of it's not his fault with the pitching situation. He was dealt a bad hand there. But at some point, you got to do something to get the uh, to get the attention of the guys in the clubhouse. And soon as he was fired four game winning streak. Oh, um, just like that. Baseball is so fickle. Sustainable it is, but 
I mean, you see, it's not, but nothing in baseball is sustainable. We were talking about the angels and how they were going out of their minds. And we're like, Oh my God, this is the year. And then they've been on this losing streak. Like this is why I get so frustrated with baseball. Jesus. I didn't realize it was that bad. My Lord. All right. Well, quick hits. And you'll be surprised how quick and quick name hits. Quick hit. All right, Brendan. All right, Joe, quick. Quick. Uh, let's go to Roland Garros first. All right. I don't wanna... Did you see any of it? Uh, I just what I heard from some of the recaps, Nadal getting a 22 at the age of 35, 36, which is insane. <laughs> Our girl Coco loses. Uh, made it as far as she's ever made it, though. Yeah, um, made it to the final. Yeah. Impressive. Um, it was her first. What do they say on PTI? It was her first uh, final. Grand yeah, Grand Slam final, whatever. Yeah, Grand uh, Slam final. Yeah, so we're going to see Coco. It's crazy that she's only eighteen, um, and and a weird way because I know how time works. I know people mess with me all the time because I'm always like, God, it's so weird that this person is this old now. And they're like, Yeah, that's what happens when that many years pass. People age, but <laughs> but she, I just remember they were talking about her and she was like fifteen, sixteen. Everyone's like, Yeah, watch out. It's yeah, insanity. She was a 14-year-old phenom. She had just taken out Venus Williams like in the first round of the Oscars. Yeah. And now <laughs> she's 18, like playing in a Grand Slam. And it's like, God, that seems like it was yesterday when everyone was talking about the 14-year-old phenom. So I'm more interested in the Nadal situation only because he's older now. And we're getting into this weird echelon of all these people have like 20-something titles, slams. Yeah. Uh, between him and Federer and then uh, Joko. Yeah, so I, I find that uh, more much more interesting because I remember Nadal was like the young hotshot and when Federer was like going on his run and now all of a sudden it's like Nadal's 36 and he's had all these knee problems. So this is he's probably only got one or two slams left. So I, I, yeah. I thought that was awesome. Apparently he got shot up with something to... Uh, to- <laughs> To be able to play in, yeah, his, he had yeah. poor circulation in his left foot. He kept falling asleep on him. Yeah, well, I think he got a shot that numbed his foot, like for the rest of the competition. Oh, because it was he was getting the tinglies. Yeah, he was he was getting a little unbearable there. Um, I we need to say the name of the woman who actually won. Good luck uh, with that, <laughs> Iga. Yeah, Swivitek. There you go. Nailed it. I have Gave no idea. Best effort. Uh, <laughs> in the WNBA, um, Brandon, your wings went down to the aces in a close, valiant oh. game. Six-point loss on Sunday. How do we have uh, so many first-round picks and we can't ah, can't put together some wins? Uh, hey, look, they're still doing well. Uh, Chicago Sky took a, took a commanding lead. Nine-point game over the Mystics. But the Mystics were without... Uh, Elena Deladon, who had to sit for rest. Um, and the Dream continue their magical season so far with a big win over the Fever oh, in uh, 75-66. Uh, the Lynx slowly but surely turning out some Ws, 84-77 over the Liberty. Uh, and the Mercury get a necessary win to keep them out of the doldrums of the, uh, of the bottom floor. And then the Connecticut Sun put it on the Seattle Storm to get a nice solid win. Uh that was your Sunday lineup. Every team was in play. That was a fun ga- day of games to watch. Uh also, I think it was Saturday night, 
There was a fight, Devin Haney versus George Cambosis Jr. Devin Haney is now the undisputed lightweight champion. Um, uh, 12 rounds of this fight. I felt like he could have ended it a lot sooner than that. It was, I don't want to say it was a boring fight, but he was in control the entire time. Uh, Cambosis came in with all the belts. I believe Haney had one. I'm not even going to get into all the WBO, WBC fucking. It's annoying. Uh, make one title. Just make one fucking title. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Cambosis came in with all the belts. Haney dealt him dealt him up and down, just jabbing at him to death. I felt like if he would have came with one cross, uh, consistent, if he would have came with a consistent cross, he could have knocked him down somewhere in the eighth or the ninth. But uh, he just plotted methodically. Won every round in my well, my score sheet, close to at least. Um, but yeah, uh, and then Brennan, yeah, yesterday I got home after work. Well, was it after work? No, after the gym, and I see that Aaron Donald got a new deal. My boy got paper, added 65 million guaranteed. <laughs> Can't believe it. You got to pay him, he's the greatest. Uh, defensive player in the NFL right now, arguably one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Definitely the greatest interior lineman um, to ever strap it on. So you got to pay him. Uh, we're talking about retiring. I know PTI, Tony and Mike talked about this, but it's like that was a waste of three days. Like you're not retiring. Like there's no way they're going to let him go. Uh, Aaron Donald is the Los Angeles Rams. So you got to pay him. Yeah, I always thought, well, for a second, I thought he might retire when, uh, after they won the championship. I thought, you know, 11 years, 10, 11, 9, 11, 10 years, however many years, um, all that. And then winning, once you talk about it, I felt like you're going to do it. But uh, no, he really was just angling for more Wait, did you just say once, wait, 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 did you just say once you talk about it, you're kind of going to do it? At the NFL about retirement after That's all the stuff I we've seen. Brady too. I, I, I thought Brady was. If you go back, I thought Brady was done. I was like, once you mention it, like really, you're thinking about it. You did say that. Okay, now that yeah, you did yeah. say yeah. Once you start talking about it, it's over because you like your heart's it's in your head now. You did okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did say that. Um, once the thought of retirement enters the mind, it's like you're gone. I I can't trust you anymore. This will be his twelfth season. Twelve, um, so yeah, but no, we uh, we worked this contract to become the highest paid defensive player, the highest paid non quarterback. Uh, he just wanted to get up more than T.J. Watt. That's pretty much what he wanted. And uh, I guess shout out to Kanye West because now he's on Donda Sports, <laughs> so that's his agents that help him, you know, get this new deal through the line. And maybe the retirement thing was a ploy crafted by them. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, uh, that seems very Kanye. Yeah, I, I about to say it seems very Kanye. I'm gonna do something very extreme if you don't give me what I want. Um, I'm gonna stomp so, my feet. What's that? What's that line in Wedding Crashers? Look, she looks like a kid at Toys R Us. I can't be around this. I'm shocked that you thought I watched Wedding Crashers. Uh, Phil Nichols. What? <laughs> that is comedy uh, of the last twenty years. Uh, have you seen Step Brothers? Uh, the no, 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 no. <laughs> Wedding Crashers is a far better movie than Step Brothers. Well, this is a debate for another day. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Nicholson has officially signed up for the Saudi tour. I don't know if last week we mentioned that, uh, or news had broken. Yet I don't yet. even think we had brought it up. 
Uh, yeah, news had broken that Dustin Johnson signed up for the Saudi tour. Uh, a couple of Americans, low level mostly. Uh, Dustin was the biggest name of all. Um, and he's reported to get like 100 mil guaranteed from the Saudi tour. But uh, Phil's been quiet for a while, Brandon. What is your take on this? Uh, so, yeah, with the, some of the controversy around what's going on with Phil and uh, some of the things that he said politically and then um, obviously his gambling issues, whatever they may be, um, kind of people have been that story is going to break here in the next couple of weeks. If it's not, I mean, there's already been some stuff floating around about his, you know, X million dollars in debt and he's spent between what was it 2010 and like 2020, he spent like 20 million dollars in gambling Anyway, yeah, he has a bit of a problem, it seems. <laughs> yeah. It's almost or like he's he an addict. Really Have you ever game. heard of a professional athlete having such a problem? Uh, it's. Um, I just like the gamble, Brittany. I don't know because with the Phil thing, it's weird because. I haven't lost my house. I haven't lost my cars. I still have my he, kids. I don't have a problem. Yeah, he just likes to gamble. I just like yeah. the gamble. I never got fired, but I showed up drunk a lot. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I, I think it's a big name recognition for the Saudi tour. Uh, I think Phil's obviously past his prime. He's getting older. Uh, he is old, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, I don't know. I know it's going to bring a lot of eyeballs, but as someone who's kind of church, like on the periphery of the golf world, let's say, um, with the people my uncle works with and stuff, and he's in the golf world, and I kind of you know get it through osmosis from him. Phil's not a name anybody ever brings up anymore. Especially mm-hmm. within major golf circles. It's not that we talk about Dustin Johnson, as you just mentioned, more than we would ever talk about Phil Mickelson today. Um, and uh, so I don't I, I don't know. It moves the needle for the casual fan. But I don't I don't think this I don't think this means anything. The big news is the fact that the um, the majors can decide not the PGA, but the majors can decide who can play in them. Uh so uh, a couple of weeks ago, we thought, oh, well, if they play in the Saudi tour, they won't be able to play in any PGA sanctioned events. But that's not the case. Apparently, the majors can decide who gets to play in their tournaments. So this might be a weird situation where they go get the bag and then come All back the and majors, play for the glory. I, I think I know All of them except the uh, PGA the championship. Can. That's what I was going to say. I know the Masters can. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the Masters... The British Open because that's not affiliated with the PGA because it's in Europe. Um, um, and then the US uh, Open, you sure they can just pick the US choose? Open is its own uh, directive body, oh, and then okay. the PGA Championship is the only one PGA owns. that's controlled by the PGA. Mm. So three out of the four majors. Hmm. What about so the you can go Sawgrass, the fifth major? That yeah, that's that's the unsanctioned <laughs> fifth major, but that's the players' championship. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who runs that. Oh, man, I mean, I'm. I love that you said I, Sawgrass. It's just the TPC, and then they play at Sawgrass. <laughs> TPC Sawgrass. Yeah. If you're from the but area, a, you know, you know. Oh yeah, but apparently there's a lot. There's a few TPCs around the country. No, there's like a bunch there's of one TPCs. Of, that's why I yeah. say TPC Sawgrass because there's like 500 TPCs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a little shocking that, um, and I guess it had to be calculated on his part because he thought that maybe he'd come back for the U.S. Open to defend his title there, but he just chose not to, and now to finally come out of hiding as he had been for since he made his comments. Um, 
Yeah. I do want to say this. It's sad. Phil Mickelson is one of the best golfers of this generation. And he's the crazy thing is it's not going to be it's not going to be discussed as it should. But this is worse than Tiger's cheating. Yeah, exactly. That's what what I was going to say is he's at the end of his career. Then all this weird it's like weird shit is happening and he's going to go like quietly into the night with all these awkward situations. And then he's just going to be gone from golf. And it's like, that's not how you want to go out. Like making all these weird comments and like going to play in Saudi Arabia, but then arguing with the PGA and threatening to sue to come back and play. Like, that's not how you want the end of your career to be. You're not Spencer Haywood trying to come out of high school to play basketball in the NBA. Like you're at the end of your career. You don't want to have all these issues at the end. Holy shit. (laughs) Holy shit. All right. That's all I got to say. No we'll walk bring you this the press week. conference in its entirety. Brennan, where can we find you? Uh, so you can find me everywhere at Brennan T Comedy. Brennan T Comedy.com is the website. Uh, upcoming dates are going to be on there. Finally did the thing that I dread the most. Uh, asked for help when it came to comedy. So... Ooh. Reached out to a bunch of bookers and people who run shows. And finally, because my whole life I've been like, Me oh, do work. No, because I've always thought of comedy like sports where it's like, if I'm good enough, people will reach out to me. So I'm just going to keep grinding, keep like going to the gym, keep going to open mics, keep doing the podcast. And then eventually people will ask me, well, I've been in New York for a year now and nobody's just, not too many people are asking That's me. Not- so I finally, <laughs> yeah. So I finally decided like. Oh, well, maybe I should ask them. So I got a lot of shows coming up. Uh, That's not going to be later until later in the year. And then uh, check out my other podcast. Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. I have all sorts of guests on it. We talk about crazy party stories, drinking stories, drug stories, and getting in trouble stuff. So check that out. Ex-drinking buddy. Also, new run of merch coming this week. Joe. Whoa. Brennan Tassif growing up in front of our eyes. Um, I had merch before you guys. Not that... First of all, you didn't have merch before us. Uh, <laughs> I was referring to reaching out to people. I know um, it's so hard because I'm like, I'm funnier than a lot of these people. Like, why are they not calling me? The ego monster, I tell you. Um, <laughs> you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorval. You can check out my website, JoeDorval.com. Uh, go ahead and click around there if you want to check out the music or if you want to check out the merch. Um, I probably need to do a merch revamp. I got to clean up that website too. I haven't been on there in forever. Uh, <laughs> check out every podcast on the new low network at a new low.co. Don't forget to check out this show's Twitter and Instagram at cheering press on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Brennan, get me out of here because this is going to be a fun post. And that's why we play the game. Madden chapters, baby. Hello. Hello. Shout out Aaron Donald. And Kanye West? Yeah, not Kanye. Man, I can't believe that. That makes me disappointed. (laughs) How does a kid from Pitt end up with You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? 
Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science slash comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, aka Leia, or vice versa, Krevit. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again and goodbye.